is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Well, the Predators just continue to roll at home. Now have a 2-1 series lead in the best of seven Western Conference final, courtesy of their victory last night over the Anaheim Ducks. And the voice of the Nashville Predators forever has been Pete Weber. Good hockey guy, tremendous stories. Whenever I'm in Nashville, he's always a good guy uh, to talk to. And Pete Weber joins us here on Game Misconduct. It's Don LaGreca, buddy. How are you? I'm doing absolutely great. And Kenny Albert, I just left. He said to make sure to pass along regards. <laughs> well, again, he's also salt of the earth as well. I mean, you must be having a ball. We've seen Nashville make it into the second round before, but rarefied air, conference final, two wins away from going to the Stanley Cup final. For you, who's been there forever, I mean, what does it mean to you to be able to call uh, these games be a part of this experience? It means absolutely everything to me. It is the uh, pinnacle of my career. I mean, I enjoyed being in the booth for four Buffalo Bills Super Bowls, but we all know how those ended. Otherwise, there wouldn't have been a 30-for-30 that I saw here again (laughs) last week about them, the the four falls of Buffalo. Uh, I guess the closest to this would have been those Super Bowls or uh, Magic Johnson's rookie year winning the NBA championship. But this has been, I think, far more special because I was in on the birthing of this franchise. And that's what makes it all so gratifying. Yeah, you get to see this from the ground up. And I've been a part of the league for a while, so I saw what going making a run in Carolina did uh, for that franchise, what it did in Dallas when the Stars won, what it did for Colorado when they won. So you've seen the growth of this franchise, Pete, but you've also seen the growth of hockey in Nashville and how important, how ingrained it's become in the sports culture there. Now they've been there for going on 20 years and also now experiencing winning for the first time this deep in the playoffs. Yeah, and it's been intriguing. When we got here uh, in the fall of 1998, there were, I believe, under 300 registered amateur hockey players, and there were three high schools that were playing a club version of the game. Now there's over 3,000 registered players and over 20 high schools playing hockey here. Youth hockey has become just an incredible, incredible product here. So many parents uh, getting involved now in travel hockey with the kids. Uh, go to Atlanta, they go to St. Louis, they go to Cincinnati, they go to Chicago, they go to Detroit. So that's a definite commitment on the parents' part. But no one seems to resent it at all. They've really enjoyed watching the growth of the game here, and then it's manifest in their following and their affection for the Predators franchise. Yeah, and it's really come together. Terrific team. And also, it's it's shown itself on how this team has played at home. Now, a 10-game winning streak in the playoffs that dates back to last year. You know, I've got yeah. to see it in the regular season, Pete. I've called a couple of games there, and the atmosphere has been great, you know, for Ranger Predator games that I call. But right. not having seen it firsthand in the postseason and certainly not in the conference final, how much more is it even amped up and just the experience in that building? I like the fact you use the phrase amped up. Because I'll give you a little scientific measurement here. Our audio uh, meter readings last night reached 124.6 dB. I'm sorry, 126.4 dB. And uh, then when they wrapped up getting to the conference final against St. Louis, it was over 123. So the fans are very loud. And that those two meter readings are higher than what I got when Mick Jagger played in this building about 12 (laughs) years ago. So I think that will give people a little bit 
you know, it's so it's all hockey, no brown sugar, but uh, <laughs> they're rocking. We're talking to Pete Weber, voice of the Nashville Predators since the beginning. Predators up 2-1 on the Ducks uh, in the Western Conference Final, courtesy of their win last night. Uh, Pecorine bouncing back, Pete. I, I thought he really had uh, not a great game in Game 2. Still almost won the game, but I thought he bounced back uh, very well. Were you surprised at all that he'd be able to bounce back after that rough Game 2? No, as a matter of fact, we have a ready-made stat for how well he does coming back after games where he gives up three or more. And it's it's almost unbeatable in the game coming back. So whatever it is that fuels him, uh, he is just – he's a consummate competitor. And he reminds me, not as a human being so much, but in that realm of being a super competitor of what I had experienced in Buffalo with Dominic Ashing, mm-hmm. where even on a practice day, if the guy stayed out late against Dominic, gave up a goal, he wouldn't let him go back in the room until he had played 10 more flawless minutes. Wow. That's interesting stuff. And certainly he did bounce back. And P.K. Subban, I don't know what you thought about the trade. I mean, Shea Weber was such an institution there uh, in Nashville. Uh, But what has P.K. Subban brought to this Nashville Predator team? Well, he's brought a lot of flash to be certain, but more importantly, he's brought productivity on the ice. Maybe not as much offense in these playoffs as we're accustomed to seeing from him, Mm -hmm. but he has been a lockdown defender. He and Ryan Johansson, if you if we can talk about conspiracies here, conspired to really hold down Jonathan Taves in the first series. Same thing with Tarasenko, not quite as successful in the St. Louis series, and now doing the very same sort of job against your Kesslers and your uh, Corey Perrys and uh, then the guys that are overlooked, I think, the most on the Ducks right now, Jacob Silverberg and uh, Ricard Raquel. But he's done a great job in terms of being a lockdown guy and being uh, playing that as a, in a physical role. So he has adapted to that very well. And then uh, on the blue line now, with, as he works with Matias Eckholm mm-hmm. and Ryan Ellis with Roman Yossi, they move the puck out of the zone quickly. And that's a huge factor in this team's success at this point. Now, you've been around sports forever, so and I've been as well. And I rolled my eyes kind of at the uh, Johansson Kessler little back and forth. I mean, we've seen much worse uh, in oh, sports, yeah. but you know, still for hockey, usually these guys are kind of hush hush, especially in the playoffs. But uh, did it mean that Kessler was getting under Johansson's skin, or was it maybe the other way around? How did you take the comments from both players, and what do you think it means for the rest of the series between these two? By the way, Ryan has played and his production so far in the series, I don't think that he is under his skin whatsoever. I Mm -hmm. think maybe he was trying to tell his teammates, don't let that bother you. Look what I'm able to do still on the ice, no matter what he tries. I think, and I agree with you in terms of, I had seen far worse though, in a way. Uh, I kind of feel like I'm seeing the the rebirth in Ryan Kessler, uh, when he get right down to it. He's a lot of like Dale Hunter to me. Okay, that's pre- <laughs> that's pretty interesting, and especially all the things that he went through in his career. Yeah, absolutely, and Dale, you know, Dale. I, well, I'll never forget, you know, his uh, cross check to uh, Pierre Turgeon after that series was over in '93, and what Dale had to then what endure was a 20 game suspension for the following year. Yeah, and I, I I can't get David Poyle necessarily to agree with me on that right yet. 
but from the look on his face when I said it, I think he identifies. <laughs> and you go, he's been around a long time too, and you know he's up for executive of the year for general manager of the year, and rightly so. And and also Peter Laviolette. I mean, we got a chance to cover him during the. Uh, the, the time in uh, New York with the Islanders getting them to go to the playoffs yeah. three straight years, which which was unheard of at the time, and wins a cup in Carolina, goes to a final in Philadelphia, and now two steps away from going to a final in Nashville. I mean, compare him to some of the coaches. I mean, is he right now in the conversation, Pete, as one of the better coaches you've been around? Yes, he is, and I've been around some good ones. Mm-hmm. In football, Marv Levy. In baseball, uh, Terry Collins. Uh, and uh, in hockey, I you know, I – I work with Scotty Bowman, so that's no mm-hmm. one is going to stand up to that particular test. But I think of the human coaches uh, <laughs> in the National Hockey League, I think you do have to say so. And to do this and to get to a conference final with three different teams, and will he get to a cup final with three different teams? Still to be determined, but he has an outstanding chance to do so. Pete, what has to happen for Nashville to win these two games to get to the final against the Ducks? They have to continue, Don, to be very disciplined. They have to, you know, and it's like coaches have said now here, you have to be disciplined when you don't necessarily want to be so. You would like to strike back. And if they can continue to succeed in that regard, I think they'll be fine playing the game they have played since game one against Chicago. And uh, in closing, who is the most important player on this team right now? Because you, you mentioned Johansson, you mentioned Subban, all those great defensemen, Pecorine. But who's the who's the one guy that stands out to you that has to play well here for this team, not just to get through this series, but to maybe win a Stanley Cup? Generally, I will always side on the goaltender, mm-hmm. Pecorine. But if we get, make that the given, right? Uh, I would say Roman Yossi. Roman Yossi is the guy who makes that defense really go. And... Uh, that's what we have seen throughout the course of the last several years. Remember what it was like, Don, five years ago. We thought, oh, my, Brian Suter has left. Who possibly can take his spot? Well, Roman Yossi stepped in and almost instantaneously, not over, not only took the spot, took his place in the lineup, but I think did better than Ryan did. Right. Well, that just shows you how good this organization is, and, and I think you guys have an excellent shot and Pete, I got to tell you, you know, a guy that's been doing play-by-play now for the last few years, how helpful you've been to me, going to Nashville, hearing your stories, it's always a joy. I think you're one of the best at what you do. I know you've been busy getting pulled in a bunch of different directions with this team being so important and you being a part of it. So I just want to thank you for giving us a couple of minutes here, man, and I'm really looking forward to seeing you down the road. I much appreciate that, Don. I want to see you down the road <laughs> as well. And right now, maybe you can call me Gumby, but I don't mind getting full at a time like this. <laughs> Absolutely. The more the merrier for sure, Pete. Enjoy the rest of the ride, buddy. Thank you, Don. All right, that's the great Pete Weber. He's worked with the Bills. He's worked with the Sabres. He's worked everywhere. NBA, the guy has done so much. He's been in Nashville from the very beginning. Worked television, now working the radio side. And you're seeing really the birth of a franchise. If you're close to hockey, you've known Nashville's story. They've been around since 1998. They've made a couple of runs in the playoffs, getting to the second round. 
Pete saw all of it. But now you're starting to see this team come together. I mean, this is a force now, consistent playoff team. They're led very well on the general manager side, on the head coaching side, on the captain side with Mike Fisher and what he's done since coming over from the Ottawa Senators. they got a world-class goaltender, and they are two wins away from going to the Stanley Cup final. I think they've got an excellent chance to do it. You saw it last night uh, in the win over the Ducks. They fell behind, but they fought back, did what they need to do in that third period. You had a couple of uh, goaltender interference goals that were taken away that were the right call, but it's Forsberg getting the job done on that time lo- top line with Arvidsson and Johansson. Roman Yoshi gets the game-winning goal in the third period of the 17-17 mark of the third. Pecorine bounces back nicely, and that was something that was needed after what I thought was a tough game, too, against the Ducks in Anaheim. So Nashville, I think, is poised. They're 10-3 and in the postseason, undefeated at home. This team, I think, has got what it takes. Now, the Ducks are going to answer. You know, Randy Carlisle's got an excellent team there that is not going to go away. All these games have been right down to the nub. All one-goal games except Game 2, and there was an empty netter in that one. So all the games have come right down to the end. I don't think that's going to change at all. Uh, but, but the Nashville's got to feel pretty good. That Game 4 is going to be in their building where they're undefeated, a chance to go up three games to one, and we'll see if they can do it coming up tomorrow. Now, tonight... You've got the Penguins and the Senators. We talked about this extensively yesterday about can Pittsburgh be had. And also getting into Marc-Andre Fleury in the conversation, and, and somebody had tweeted me uh, during the course of the night about, you know what, if Henrik Lundqvist was on the Pittsburgh Penguins and Marc-Andre Fleury was on the Rangers, things may be uh, quite different for uh uh, for the for the teams because of the fact that you can't forget that Mark Andre Fleury gets a chance to play with Hall of Famers in front of him like Crosby, uh, like Malkin, guys that you know still have great careers in in Kessel uh, Kessel and Latang when he's healthy. I mean, there's a lot of really good players on Pittsburgh for sure. Um, so that obviously fits into it. But Mark Andre Fleury is in the conversation among the best goaltenders in this league, and I think he's really saved Pittsburgh's bacon. Now the scene shifts to Ottawa, and there's been much conversation about the atmosphere around the Senators and Ottawa. But I think now that they're in the conference final, now that they're on the cusp of maybe getting back to the final for the first time in 10 years, that, that there's going to be an energy in that building for sure. Now, Pittsburgh's been there and done that. But Ottawa, much like the Ducks, they're not going to go away. I mean, this is a team that's going to play well. They're getting great gold ending from Anderson. This has been a very low-scoring series. So right there, that kind of fits into the narrative of it coming down to one shift, one goal, one shot that may decide this game. But this one's pivotal to me because I still think Pittsburgh's going to win this series. But if Ottawa could win this game tonight, then it becomes a different conversation. Because you'd look at three games, two of which would be won by Ottawa if they win the game tonight. And all the games very low scoring. Ottawa's only loss came one nothing, And let's face it, that game could have went either, either way. And then with game four looming in Ottawa... You know, Pittsburgh can be in a little bit of trouble. You know, Pittsburgh really has not faced that much adversity in these playoffs. They were forced to play a game seven against Washington, but they had the 3 1 series lead. So they slipped up in games five or six, but did not face elimination until game seven, did not face elimination at all against Columbus. And so they didn't fall behind in either of those series either. So if Ottawa were to win tonight, Pittsburgh would be facing kind of a, a, a little bit of an uphill battle here, having be, be behind in a series, Ottawa not going away. So this is a very interesting game. Pittsburgh can kind of calm things down with a win tonight. But, boy, you can have total chaos if the Senators were to win. So that's 8 o'clock on NBC Sportsnet. So the conference finals have been 
a tremendous amount of fun. You can get in touch with me at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. And uh, Yehuda, one of our favorites, uh, did just that. He says, do the Predators have the best home ice advantage in the NHL? Well, certainly of the teams that are left, they do. Um, Pittsburgh's got a tremendous home ice advantage. Not so sure about Ottawa. Anaheim's been pretty solid, but Nashville and Pittsburgh are right up there. You know, Montreal's got the best, I think, in the league. There's a lot of different teams that have the best, but right now, there's something going on in Nashville that I got to see firsthand, and I talked about it with Pete. I was there in 02 when Carolina made a run to the final. I was there in 06 when they won the Cup. Watching a franchise experience that for the first time, of course, the Devils in 95, I was there when they won their first Stanley Cup uh, in 1995. I was there in 2007 when the Ducks won their first Stanley Cup. So I've had the chance of being around franchises to win for the first time and what that means. And there's a certain energy that I think is supplied in those buildings that don't necessarily happen in other places where you've won before. And Ottawa's going through it right now, and and obviously Nashville with a chance. They've never won a Stanley Cup before. Ottawa's been to a final. So we'll exclude Ottawa for now because they did play in the Stanley Cup final in 07 when they lost to the Ducks in five. But Nashville's going through this for the first time. It's one thing to go to the playoffs. It's one thing to make it to the second round. When you get to the final four, that's when you really feel that you're in the conversation, that you can actually win this cup. You won a couple of rounds. You had a successful 82-game season to get you into the playoffs. You've, you've jumped over a number of hurdles to where you feel now that this could actually happen. And Pittsburgh's been through that. Ottawa's been through that. Certainly the Ducks have been through that. Nashville's never been through that. So when you walk into that building, they're experiencing it for the first time. And as they say, there's nothing like the first time. So does Nashville have the best home ice advantage of any team in the league? Probably not. But in this particular situation, they do because they're experiencing it for the first time. There are people in that building that have never, ever felt this before, that they're they're new to hockey. Maybe they became Nashville Predator fans or became hockey fans when the Predators were awarded uh, a franchise in 98. So they don't go back a long way. So they've never been on a run. And, and that run can win some people over, and that can create an energy that is unmatched anywhere else uh, in sports. So Yehuda, you bring up a good point. I think Nashville right now, that home ice advantage, and plays how, they, how well they play, 10 straight wins at home, has, has equaled a very difficult spot for the Ducks tomorrow to try to even this series. If they can, they're going to be in great shape because they've done something that nobody's done since last year, and that's win a playoff game at Bridgestone Arena and even the series up at two going back home and maybe changing the narrative of this series. But if the Predators can keep this alive, take a 3-1 lead, knowing they've got another home game coming up in game six, that building, that city is going to feel what it's like to be on the cusp of going to a Stanley Cup final and winning a championship. And I think the Predators have a chance to do it. I do. So tonight, you've got the Senators who can make a major statement in Game 3 at home against the Penguins in a series in which they've been very, very much in it. And then, of course, tomorrow, we'll dive into it a little bit more. Nashville, Anaheim. Can Anaheim even this series, and can they do what nobody else has been able to do in a while? That's win a playoff game in Nashville. You can get in touch with me at, at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. You can follow us, of course, on the ESPN app and on the Apple 
podcast, so we've got that going. want to thank Pete Weber. It was always fun to talk to him, the voice of the Nashville Predators. We'll try to get some more guests on as we go deeper and deeper into the playoffs. We're going to be with you until a Stanley Cup champion is crowned every day during the week here on Game Misconduct. So thanks so much for listening. Again, at Don LaGreca, hashtag Game Misconduct. Back with you again tomorrow. This was the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.